Okay, so real quick, we wanted to let you know about these amazing protein chips we recently discovered. They're called wild protein chips. Have you guys heard of those? They taste and eat like a regular potato chip, but get this. They're made of 100% all-natural chicken breasts. Yeah, chicken breasts. But you have no idea they weren't potato chips given how thin and crispy and delicious they are. They legit taste and feel like potato chips. They have flavors like buffalo chicken, chicken and waffles, sea salt and vinegar. We seriously can't put them down. We could literally eat the whole bag in one sitting. But get this, we don't feel bad about it. Like I'm totally cool eating it because they're high in protein and they're actually fairly low in carbs. And they aren't like these processed potato chips. Each bag of wild chips is 22 grams of protein in it. And the chips are made from real ingredients such as chicken breast, bone broth, egg whites. So you don't feel like gross after you're gone to town on a bag, right? So wild chips, check them out. They're the perfect snack for whenever you get the munchies, but you don't want to overindulge in something that's bad for you. You can also take them to the gym, out on a hike, or even do a friend's barbecue. Seriously, no one will know the difference between these and regular chips. And then when you tell them, they're made of like chicken and they're protein based. They're gonna be like, what? Anyways, you guys got to try them. You can learn more at wildbrands.com. That's W-I-L-D-E brands.com. And for a limited time, you can use magnetic 20% for a 20% off coupon. Let's get to the show. Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. And then from that point, the universe is gonna get out your way. This moment in time, This is your time to rise. Okay, this episode is wild. This is about to blow your mind. And before I tell, this is going to be a story. It's an excerpt from uh, the book I'm reading, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And it's on the concept of quantum physics, which some of you may have heard, some of you may understand what it is. Some of you may be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. But the general concept I want to bring forth here is that we, in our current present reality, in our current mind-body state connection, we are connected to our future and to our past. Now that must, that's like, okay, obviously, but we are more than connected. Like they're, they're the, think about the dream life that you want to live you are actually connected to that dream life. If you have that thought, the potential exists in the quantum field. So all around you, that potential is out there waiting for you to be the person, to feel the way that that person feels, to do what that person does, waiting for you to become that person and manifest that into your life. But here is the crazy part. We're also connected to our past. Now, not just like yeah, duh, Wade. Yeah, I was a kid once. I'm connected to my past and my past experiences. Yes. We can affect change in the past from the present. Because as I said, like I Wade am connected to Wade 20 years from now when I'm 52 years old. But guess what? This episode is going to show and explain how 52-year-old Wade, the decision he makes 20, 20 years from now is actually affecting my current life today. And you're like, wait, what? It hasn't happened yet. This is all quantum physics. So ready? 
in July 2000, there was this Israeli doctor, Leonard, I can't even pronounce his last name, Dr. Leonard, let's call him. He conducted a double-blinded randomized controlled trial involving 3,400 hospital patients. So 3,400, that is statistically significant enough, not like 30 and, you know, it was coincidence that there has to be a certain amount of people in, you know, any double-blinded trial to make it legit, right? So there's enough people. Divide them into a control group and then, a you know, intercession or non-control group. And he set out to see whether prayer could have an effect on their condition, Prayer experiments, he goes on, are great examples of mind-affecting matter at a distance. So when you pray, think about that. You pray for something or for someone, you are using your mind to put out that message out there to God, out into the universe, out into your higher power you're praying to. You're putting that message out there. You're using your mind. You're using your thought. And your thought can affect matter. So he says, prayer experiments are great examples of mind affecting matter at a distance, but stay with me here because everything is not always what it seems. So Dr. Leonard, he selected patients who suffered sepsis, which is an infection while they were hospitalized. It can be deadly. It is serious. And he randomly designated half the patients to have prayers said for them while the other half were not prayed for. So there's just two, two groups. One's prayed for, one's not. He compared the results in three categories, how long the fever lasted, when you have sepsis, you get a fever, the length of hospital stay, and how many died as a result of the infection. So the results were powerful because these patients who had sepsis didn't know they were being prayed for. The only people who knew about the prayer was the the prayer group, the half of, of the people in the experiment who were praying for these patients. Those were the only people who knew about the prayer. So the prayed for benefited from an earlier decrease in fever and a shorter hospitalization time. The difference in the number of deaths among the prayed for and not prayed for groups was not statistically significant, although better in the prayed for group. So science and these studies, they use statistically significant. There has to be enough evidence or data or percentage difference to show this affected. This cause had the effect of this. So while the deaths were not significantly sig- significant enough, there, were, there was less deaths in the prayed for group. But what is very important is out of 3,400 people, the prayed for group, there was a statistical significance in a decrease in the fever and shorter hospitalization time. Now, a lot of you are probably like, yeah, wait, that's how prayer works. You pray for someone, they're receiving that message. God's receiving that message. We're all working together to heal them. Now, here's the catch. Not the catch. Here's the wrinkle that is going to absolutely blow your mind. He says, however, so that that's a powerful demonstration of the benefits of prayer and how we can send an intention out into the quantum field through our thoughts and feelings. However, stay with me here. However, there's one additional additional element to this story that you should know about. Did it strike you as slightly odd that in July 2000, a hospital would have more than 3,000 cases of an infection at once? Was it very poorly sterilized place or some kind of contagion running around rampant? Actually, those who were praying weren't praying for patients who were infected in 2000 when the study took place, when they were actually saying the prayers was in 2000. The patients, instead, unbeknownst to them, they were praying for lists of people who had been in the hospital from 1990 to 1996, four to 10 years prior to the experiment. 
the prayed for patients actually got better during the 1990s from the experiment conducted years later. Let me say this in another way. The patients who were prayed for in 2000, the year 2000, all showed measurable changes in health, but those changes took effect years before. A statistical analysis of this experiment proved that these effects were far beyond coincidence. The, the statistics showed far, far beyond, this isn't coincidence, this isn't praying for 10 people, this is 3,400 people. This demonstrates that our intentions, our thoughts and feelings, and our prayers not only affect our present or future, but they can actually affect our past as well. Now, this leads to the question, if I were to pray for or focus on an intention for a better life for yourself, could it affect your past, present, and future? The quantum law says that all potential exists simultaneously. Our thinking and our feelings affect all aspects of life beyond both space and time. Did, did we grasp this? So people are praying in the year 2000, unbeknownst to them, for people that had sepsis four to 10 years prior to their prayers being sent out. And there was statistical evidence, overwhelming amount, to show there was an increase in the health. They got out of the hospital faster. Their fever decreased faster in the, in the prayer group. And you're like, this blew my mind. So what that tells me is my thoughts and intentions have the ability to affect my present feelings and today. They have a, obviously the ability to affect my future, the way I think, feel, act but they have the ability, like I am connected to the hundred year old me, to the two year old me and everywhere in between. And my intentions and thoughts and feelings affect that 10 years ago that happened, whether for me or other people. So when you start to think like, wow, I am energetically connected to everything around me. Like space and time doesn't exist in the quantum field. It's like I, pure potential is out there. I'm connected to the, my highest self and I'm connected to my two-year-old self and my seven and 10. These prayer groups were connected to patients a decade earlier and they actually helped them. How mind-blowing is that? That's probably something you're like, wait, I was not ready to wrap my brain around this. But when you start to like think and hear these things, you're like, wow, life is so much bigger. There's so much more potential than just my day-to-day fires I'm always putting out. Like I am connected to something, you know, pretty special here. And that's all I got for you. Think on that. Gratitude and specifically gratitude journaling has completely shaped and shifted the course of Sandy and my life. When we started acknowledging what we were grateful for and expressing it, writing it down on paper and expressing gratitude for what was to come, everything changed for us. We've been so moved by gratitude and gratitude journaling that we decided to create our own gratitude journal and we put it on Amazon. It's called the 90 Day Habits Gratitude Journal. It is great for just a daily gratitude practice over 90 days. It's great for you. It's great for your team your family, your friends, a great stocking stuffer. So we'll drop the link in the show notes to get it on Amazon. It's $9.99 and it can and it will change your life. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.